Wow, it's episode 11 of Honestly Unbalanced already. Uh, this week we chatted to Katerina Rayburn. I've just worked out that Holly and I have separately known Katerina for longer than we've known each other. Anyway, Katerina's journey. Katerina went from being a physics graduate and trained actress to being a massively popular London-based yoga teacher and now a studio owner. Uh, so in this conversation, we talk about all things yoga, especially how to establish yourself as a teacher and the struggles and the dedication that's required along the way. And then how she's opened a studio with her husband. Enjoy the convo. So I'm sure plenty of you are practicing yoga at home and maybe you decided you need a new mat or maybe actually you're getting back into studios and you realize actually you'd rather use your own mat. So I can get you 10% off Lifeform yoga mats with code AHUSTLER19, that's A-H-U-S-L-E-R-19, all caps. You just need to enter that on their website. If you've never heard of these mats, chances are you've seen them. They're the ones with lines on or at least the original ones with lines on, but they're more than that. They've got the most incredible grip. Uh, They have these lovely alignment guides they're just the top mats on the market and have been for a long time many people have tried to copy uh, their grip and their style and their look but without the success that lifeform have or without at least as good a product so have a little look at the lifeform mats and grab one with that code if you fancy of course we get a little bit of a kickback through that and we get commission anyway have a little peek honestly unbalanced so it's hot you're pregnant, <laughs> you're teaching yoga and having to demo a lot at the moment, I imagine, as you do all your filming stuff. How is that going for well, you? Well, I think, yeah, Jules is doing the majority of the demoing. Perfect. <laughs> oh, bless him. Delegated, well yeah. done. He's basically doing pretty much like 90 minutes of yoga every day and he gets Sundays off. There's is- one day where I do, I do a class and then I kind of like, either I'm like relishing it, I'm like, I'm just going to do the whole thing or I'm like, okay, oh God, I'm just going to come to the, the laptop. I'm going to take a child's pose. But it's a funny one. I think everyone started maybe doing the whole class and they're like, oh my God, this isn't, this is not sustainable mm-hmm. talking and doing the whole class and trying to breathe. And so now I've seen quite a lot of people just doing what I'm doing here and just like, you know, looking at the little Zoom gallery, teaching people. Like it, depends, it depends what kind of teacher you are as well, isn't it? I'm a kind of teacher. I never actually demo or do any mm. yoga in class. So yeah. for me, it was like a shock that I, and like my students, I don't think had ever seen me do any yoga. <laughs> so did sh- you find that you had to do more demo because it was a, online? A, a little bit. Now I'm doing again, I'm yeah. doing the whole sitting at the front thing, kind of poking, you know, pointing yeah. people out and then occasionally jumping to the mat and making a half effort. Is Jules, is Jules a teacher as well I was going to ask that, yeah. No, he's not. He just practices a lot. Like, obviously, he practices in the studio. And we started actually practicing yoga, like, quite regularly together, like, years ago. And then now, I don't know, he's kind of toyed with ideas of doing trainings. Like, I think we, we, we would love to do a training, a kindred training next year. And I think it would be stupid for him, like, not to do it, seeing mm. as it's just, like, in his studio. So, we'll see. And so, you, did but, you yeah. meet at yoga? Or you started yoga together. Tell us the love story. (laughs) We met when I was at drama school. So this is pre-yoga. Although we had done a little bit of yoga at drama school because it was like movement and grounding Mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. But no, I was 
with another another man at that point. <laughs> and um, I met Jules at a barbecue of a mutual friend that was at drama school with me and that he knew from, from like school, school. Um, and then, yeah, and then that sort of, that was we met in the summer. And then I think we had our first date in the February the next year or something. Wow. And then I, I think I started doing yoga maybe in the September. And then I got a membership at a yoga studio and I got really, really into it. And then we went traveling to India. And then I was, you know, when you're in India, I think it's just everywhere. Mm. So Jules was doing it. And then when we got back, I think we both then had these, these um, studio memberships. And then I just went like, okay, boom, I'm going to go and do my teacher training. I just sort of suddenly was like, right, that's the thing. Because oh, wow. I was kind of at the time doing... I was gonna, did you think that would be well, career direction? You, you, when you did your training, do you think this is going to be, this is going to be life? Well, at the time I was, at the time I was sort of working as an actress and, but I was finding that I was doing more promo, hostessing, all the kind of stuff that you do as an actress to make money when you're not doing stuff. I found I was doing way more of that than any actual acting or like I would get the odd commercial, which was very like un sort of unappealing mm. and not sort of like scratching my creative actor itch or mm. whatever. So I was working in a, in a restaurant in Peckham at the time. And I sort of said to them, oh, look, I'm going, going to go to India. I'm going to go to my teach training, but I'll be back. Like, I just want to get this under my belt, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so I kept the, they've got these really fancy aprons. They were like denim with like leather straps or whatever. And they were like, oh, give us it back. And I was like, no, no, I'll be back. Like, I'm just going to go do this training. Anyway, then I never, never, went never back, came back, never gave them back their, never gave them back their apron. You still got it? Um, Still got it somewhere. <laughs> Decor on the wall. Um, yeah, and they still owe me tips. Um, ah. I left a bigger little envelope of tips there. But yeah, I just got back and I I had had sort of enough money saved to kind of not have to do anything for like a month to just throw myself into it as much as I could. And that's basically what I did. And I just took everything that was given or offered to me, like teaching wise. And I think I'd established quite good relationships with some teachers from going to their classes regularly. So they sort of mm. knew me. So it was a nice sort of in. And I don't know, maybe it wasn't that, there weren't that many yoga teachers then. Don't know whether it's changed in the last five years or, but. But that's probably key. The, I, yeah, the I, fact that you weren't going in completely cold anywhere. You actually had these existing relationships. That's key. Because studios yeah. get countless emails every day saying, oh, yeah, can yeah, I teach yeah. you? And like, have you ever been to a studio? No. Do you know any teachers? No, no. Exactly. Well, we get the emails where they've yeah. obviously forgotten to delete the other name of the other oh, studio. Oh, oh no. We're just like, oh, come like, do your on. research, love. Oh, no. Oh, it's I can just... read through it, so... Uh, no, yeah, there's not so fine. many. Yeah. I, I always have to give, like, snarky comments. When I can see someone has, like, copied and pasted something, or they've left yeah. the indentation. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't yeah, resist yeah. it. No, 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 no. It kills me. But, yeah, when you, when you started teaching, because I think I, I met you for the first time probably fairly early on in your teaching... I'd literally got back from India and we were in Bulgaria together, I think. When was this, can I ask? How many years ago did you start your teacher training? 2015. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so that would have been the first... First year of Bulgaria of Udaya. First filming of Udaya. Yeah, and I think, ah, yeah, my knee was swollen with bursitis. Yes! That's when you were done. You were on crutches, I think. No, not quite crutches. I'd gone there to do all this... It was the first day that it happened or something. I think it was my knee. I did like, oh low, bad low lunges for a long time. And then my knee just started swelling up. And I was there to teach. I was there to be like do my film test and teach some classes. And I couldn't do anything. Yeah. I just sat there with my leg up. You know, slightly arguing with my ex at times. Yeah. <laughs> That's another story for another time. Yeah, I remember because I, uh, yeah. A, a doctor called the Bulgarian butcher kind of extracted blood 
Oh my god! Knee, and I had no idea what was going yes, on. I remember it was all very dramatic. Oh my god! You've had yeah. quite a few feet things going on. But let's leave, you, like, let's, yeah. leave, let's leave my feet and knees Another alone. Day. But yeah, yeah so, so think... that's what I mean. I, I heard that there was this opportunity to go to Bulgaria, and I was like, "Yep, yep, yep, I'll go." Like, obviously, I knew Lolo. That was who I'd got. I went with. Been practicing with her in Peckham, and so she was like, "Oh, do you want to come to Bulgaria?" And I'd literally just probably got back from India like the week before, hmm. and was like, "Yep," and I just went off on this this thing and. Yeah, so I just threw myself into everything because I had the time and, the, yeah, and the space in my life at that time to do it. So, Had you, is, had you left acting at this point? Had you made the decision to, right, I'm not going to no, be an actress anymore? No, so I still anymore. sort of had my agent. Mm. I still, I remember when I started my classes at this church hall, my agent was coming and, and I think it just sort of slowly, she then left the agency that I was with and then it just kind of, I would stop actively like pestering and being like, mm. "When's where's my next audition? What's happening?" Blah blah blah, and um, and you just kind of slowly go down the pecking order of you know on the whether they're putting you up for mm. things. But I was also like becoming very sort of content and satisfied with what I was doing, and I think it there was no more. I didn't have that. I didn't feel like something was missing. Mm. So it was quite a natural thing. I didn't sort of be like, "Right, acting career over." yoga career begins it just happened and there were a few sort of times you know maybe a year or so later I did a couple of odd little bits here and there and then I just didn't yeah I didn't didn't renew contracts and just it just sort of stopped I mean don't get me wrong if it was like some amazing BBC drama or something that I you know I'd be I'd jump straight back in but I wasn't getting that kind of stuff so it wasn't fulfilling me mm. um so it wasn't so, yeah. a, it wasn't a drastic jump which is quite nice, I guess. No. It was just, it was organic. It grew what you yeah, did build. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my question... Exactly. It just meant that I didn't have to go and, you know, wear this Heineken dress at Chelsea Football Ground. That's <laughs> mm. not the one. My, my, the question, the reason I brought Bulgaria up, because at, Bulga- at that point, there were lots, even just with us in Bulgaria, lots of kind of younger teachers, kind of like mid-20s, a lot of females. You, I've seen many of them like not teach yoga anymore and alike. And at the time, there were so many teachers yeah. in London that I would encounter all doing trainings. There's even more now. Like, what did you do to find your success, in a sense? Like, how did you make yourself stand out? Of course, you had some existing relationships, but you managed to get yeah. quite well-respected and quite popular relatively fast. And of course, I think, you know, having an acting background, you can hold a space. But I always say that can only get people so far. Yeah. That can only get people there into was definitely, audition. Yeah, there was definitely the, the confidence, I guess, in, in speaking in front of people, which I definitely know that you, I'll have, when I've assisted on trainings or run trainings, there's, you know, someone's an amazing teacher, but then you suddenly put them in front of a room of however many people and they just sort of, you know, mm. go inside themselves. So there was definitely that. But I think it was also persistency and consistency. Like I was you know, I was making sure that I was always teaching um, and that I was always kind of trying to like communicate to people that I, I wanted to be at this studio, or I wanted to be at that studio. And I guess I was like hustling really. Mm. Um, um, I was working seven days a week. I was doing all the kind of crazy times in the morning, the crazy evenings, like miles away. You know, if someone wanted to cover, I was there in 20 minutes, very sort of last minute I would be there it was just all of that and I think obviously also you're you know in a way you're, you're only ever kind of as good as your last whatever performance or whatever is what you would sort of say in acting but like I was 
I wanted to make sure that what I was doing as well was was right and it was being received and and it was done with you know a lot of love and passion I wasn't just kind of going through the motions I really I think also I feel like I'd done I did did my physics degree but didn't do anything to do with that I did this drama thing but didn't do anything to do with it and now, these are all things that cost a lot of money like going to university mm. going to drama school paying for a yoga training I was like right this is third time lucky I'm this has got to be the thing, mm -hmm. even whether it's just to prove to my parents that this isn't just another kind of phase that I'm going through. I was like, this is what I want to do. So I think, yeah, I really, really, really wanted it, I guess. Um, do, you so, reckon, yeah. do you reckon the thoroughness of doing a physics degree helped you in terms of wanting to build yourself with a good teacher? I feel like there is even, I mean, there's even times now in a class when I'll talk about like yoga trigonometry because there are some arm balances and things and you look at it and you see the shapes and you're like, well, obviously that works because that's supporting that and that's the right angle. So I think sometimes I very think very mathematically. And so I think sometimes that helps. And maybe with sequencing, if you're looking at kind of things as a whole, I can sort of see it as a whole and the left and the right and how it comes together. So I think there's definitely... Yeah, some aspect aspect of my physics and <laughs> I just love don't have that part of my brain. I don't think it works at all. I'm just the complete opposite. Just love. I couldn't lead a soundbar, Polly. Imagine me trying to lead a soundbar. We should like, swap one day. See what happens. <laughs> Can you tell us about? Have you ever? Well, you must have done because you're human. A time when you've had a real wobble or a real confidence knock because you come across so confident and obviously you've said your acting's really helped with that. But have you ever had a time where you're like, oh my god, just swallow me? floor yeah i mean one of the first auditions i did actually i think where i met you holly at yoga power yoga company oh yes no, was, was it power yoga or yeah, was it yoga was maybe both mm -hmm. i followed yeah. you around a little bit um, i, I think it was the first audition i did at the power yoga company and um i was very new i hadn't um i hadn't been teaching long at all and i sh the 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 um, owners, they're it was scary, just me man. and the two owners that I was teaching. Yeah. And they're quite <laughs> scary anyway. Um, and they just said to me, <laughs> they were like, we don't feel like we've just done yoga. And I was just like, oh, oh my, my God. God. Like, they're like, you know, when you get a massage and you're just like, it's a bit like, oh, what was <gasps> that? And I was like, oh my God. And I was, I didn't cry in front of them, but I <gasps> cried my eyes out on the way home. That's and horrific. Called my mom and I called everyone. And I just really tried something different. Like I didn't just do what I'd been taught and what I drilled and what I've practiced millions of times and what I've taught many times before. I went on YouTube and like started looking at sequences oh. that could be really, because they, I remember someone telling me, oh, you know, don't teach the rocket because it's the power yoga company. And in my head, now I'm just like, oh, it's all vinyasa, it's yeah. all yoga. But at the time I was like, well, is that power yoga? Is that rocket? What mm. is that? So I've got to come up with this crazy sequence. And I didn't really know it. I didn't really feel it in my body. I hadn't taught it before. And obviously there was no connection between me mm -hmm. and them as a teacher and mm -hmm. them as the people receiving my class. And, but it was a really good lesson I learned. And I was like, I've always, anyone's ever sort of said to me, you know, advice on auditions. I was like, don't suddenly make something up for an audition. Like do something, you know, mm. you, you've done, it works. Mm. So that was, yeah, that was, that was like the first kind of, I've been sort of on this role of like, oh yeah, great. I'm teaching loads of classes. And then the sort of first kind of proper audition or whatever. And I was just like, oh my God. And then I came back, you know, however long later, did another audition and it was fine. And mm. I was like, that was, 
It was a bit. It was a bit like my driving test. I've done. I passed fifth time. Um, yeah, that's like you are, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> fifth time club. Over I here. passed before I turned eighteen, <laughs> so I think I was just trying too early, too soon. Yeah, you know, I think I just wanted it straight away and the, the driving instructor probably said yeah you could do it but i probably just went into it with too much confidence and it just all sort of went to shit but um sorry i'm swearing that no, no, it's allowed. <laughs> um so yeah maybe that that was that um i i just should have just waited a little bit and waited till i'd sort of why settled. did you keep failing major or minor faults <laughs> minors maybe a major speeding is that a major or a minor no, i think that's major that's like a classic you guys are quite similar yeah, you don't want majors so like that's that's my excuse all of my fails i think four were majors it was yeah. basically just arrogance you were over cocky it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> over, th- overtaking okay, a truck on my well, side Adam. of the road you were fifth time yeah question for you oh, guys wow. then. i think that's the for you, for both huh? of you, you're both confident, but do you think that's that's a strength and a weakness in in themselves? I should ask Cat really this, shouldn't I? Because you're the one we're interviewing. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think that's a good example of where it's definitely a weakness. Mm. Um, I think, I mean, yeah, everything I do, like I'm very much go with my gut, very mm. headstrong, mm. and. I don't, I just want things straight away really. And I'm, I'm willing to kind of take the risk and see if it pays off. Sometimes it does. And sometimes obviously it doesn't. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, with, with everything I've done, like, I guess with the, with the yoga studio and things like that, like doing it with Jules, who's probably the opposite of that has reined it in and made it not be like a, a catastrophe. Um, <laughs> You're a good balance. So yeah. But I think yeah. it, it's it's often though the confidence actually makes people act. I think that's the key is mm. by being confident you act. And you might Take not the act risks. successfully, but you actually act. Yeah. And you don't get anything from not doing anything. No, of course. So I think that's where confident yeah. confident yeah. Won't, necessarily, won't necessarily lead you to success. But being shy and never doing anything mm. is a hundred percent not going to be. Yeah, nothing will ever happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say that because obviously you've um, built up your amazing community and studio, and is it Deptford? If I got that right. Yeah. Yes. Um, would you say that that was a risk that you took or did you absolutely know that that was going to work out for you? There was definitely some things that I'd done in terms of um, like market research that kind of happened naturally uh, from the, the church hall that I rented. And this was another thing I did really early on to kind of ensure that I had a regular class mm. or two on my schedule. So I started them in the May and obviously did my training in the March. And I started renting the church hall twice a week. Um, and it very near to me in a place called St. John's, which is like between Lewisham and Deptford, mm. which is basically where we live. Um, and it just started to build. And there was no, there's obviously no yoga studios in South London in that area at the time. Um, I was, there was a farmer's market. So I'd go and fly at the farmer's market. I used to do Facebook events every week and things like that. And I had a, eventually when it sort of started to work, I invested in a little banner and had a banner like mm. put out on the railings that I'd spoken to Lewisham Council and they sort of allowed that. And so I had this community in the area. So the, I think that's kind of where the confidence came to be able to know that at least there would be two classes on the timetable that would already have people coming to them. Mm. And the studio is like, you can almost see the church from where the studio is now. Perfect. So everyone that came to the church, they were really, really excited to come to the studio um and then obviously then they yeah they they told their friends and blah 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 and so there was that and i think 
yeah, that was the thing that kind of maybe also made Jules not feel so wary and that it was a crazy thing to do. But there are also definitely things now looking back, like the location isn't amazing. Um, there's not much just random footfall. So there are things that obviously work negatively against it, but um, there was definitely already, yeah, a, a hunger for some yoga in the area. But then having said that, now it's like three or four studios literally like walking distance from here and it's just mad. Um, well, and they opened up after you, did they? They pretty much opened up at the same time. We're right. all kind of a few months here and there, but it was like almost like a race to, mm. you could see people like opening soon and you're like, mm. oh my God. And we took, it took us like 18 months to like confirm the lease of the studio mm. space. It was, it was a real like long haul. And I remember finally getting the, the all clear and it was just like, oh my God. Mm. We kept putting back, we were supposed to open in September, 2017. And we opened in May, 2018. Mm. So we kept putting it back, putting it back, putting it back. And we'd found the space like a year before that. So it was all very, yeah. It's so long process. It's so interesting for for me, especially to hear all of your journey with the studio because it's what our podcast is about. You look at Instagram and you see everything is perfect, and you'd never suspect mm. that there were any challenges or obstacles along the way by looking at it. So not that I want you to be having the challenges or anything, but it's just it's really yeah. interesting and refreshing to hear the story yeah, and the I feel like journey. I've never kind of been someone that's. Um, I've always held face, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like I've never been someone to kind of broadcast or talk about the downfalls, not mm -hmm. because I'm ashamed or I'm embarrassed, but I just feel like what I'm sort of promoting, I guess, is not, not, not positivity, but like it is just that it's, it's, it's things that make you feel good or things that mm -hmm. are good. And so I remember one of my retreats, um, uh, it was a nightmare. There was an airstrike and no one could fly out. And I was already there and oh my God. Oh and I was God. like, right, we just got to pretend to everyone that everything's fine. Like we don't want, no one wants to be seeing my sorry stories. Oh no. my God, my retreat. Like <laughs> so da, 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 da. I just wanted to, you know, you just want to keep, and also that helps me not to suddenly crumble and mm. be like, just mm. give it to it. But yeah, I've not kind of, I just think, I mean, I think of it in a business sense. I'm just kind of not advertising completely stuff. but then yeah. i'm happy to talk about it if people ask like it's not like i'm hiding yeah i guess there's one there's one side of it where like i guess you're running a business and when you're running a retreat or a studio you need to hold face like you need to be professional yeah and make sure the people yeah. that have given you their time are looked after but i think at the same time students and just people in general do like to see that their teachers are human like not putting yeah. teachers on a pedestal. So that, that's the one thing that went wrong yeah. with the yoga industry. Yeah. The gurus yeah. who then yeah. took advantage, but actually actually see the teachers are as neurotic and <laughs> displaced, <laughs> speaking for myself, as they, as they yeah. might be. I think people people really like resonate with that. Mm. No, for sure. And I think hopefully that that is comes across in my, when, people, when I'm with people face to face, yeah. like in a class. Yeah, of course. I'm definitely not, you know, a polished, whatever i'm yeah and i'm oh i don't know every said. class that i used to come to of yours was absolutely pristine so i was yeah <laughs> miss your classes oh, i'm gonna have to come you, to Ellen. one again soon <laughs> yeah come back i want to come back to the the hustling initially like yeah when it, that's enough when you you know you're running around london every day taking cover on 20 minutes notice that's enough to put a lot yeah. of people off coming to the yoga industry like a lot of people come yeah. to it with the idea that they want to live as a yoga teacher, but don't want to actually do mm. the work that is involved mm. with being a yoga teacher. Uh, 
So just getting a little bit deep into that, like what sa- other sacrifices did you have to make? Like how did it affect, I guess, your relationship at the time? Like you're not, I guess, not seeing each other. Yeah, to- definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, having dinner or not not having dinner at like 10 o'clock at night or whatever mm. and it uh, waking up at crack of dawn. I think there, I, it, it was sustainable for maybe, I think I was doing that maybe for 18 months and then I was like exhausted and then also you kind of, I'd hustled and got myself into a position where I could say no, or I could pull back, or I could choose studios that maybe paid slightly more and then drop the other ones. But Jules, I think, um, I mean, he was just very supportive, luckily. And so that that allowed me to be able to just maybe be very selfish for those 18 months. And just, I think it was obvious it was what I really, really wanted. And, and I definitely was not, you know, I was never, I was never depressed, but I definitely wasn't, there was something missing before that. And so I was just on such a high and was like, oh my God, this is, I wanted, to, I, I think also it depends on whether you need it as a financial income as mm. well. And, and at the time that I did, so it had to work. It mm. had to make business sense. And I remember each day, cause I was always on my bike, like cycling home, like, right. So how much have I made today? So this studio, then this studio. <laughs> and then, okay. And I taught that corporate and I was literally working it day by day. And then obviously week by week and, and, yeah, and I was like, okay, it is doable. And I, you kind of knew how many you had to teach. And, and then I knew if I dropped that one, I need to get one that was more. And yeah, it, it, it was, it, yeah. And then socially, I didn't have, there wasn't much socializing going on. Mm. I think also at the beginning, I don't know, hard to remember back exactly, but I think I definitely went down the whole route of like maybe not drinking like I used to drink and all of this kind of stuff. And I tried to become a bit more like what maybe a yogi is or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so I wasn't going out and getting smashed and doing Mm -hmm. all the things that I probably was doing before. And obviously now I've found a a balance between that. Um, But yeah, I definitely disappeared probably for a little bit in terms of with my friends. So that would probably be a sacrifice. And actually my main core group of friends aren't connected to yoga at all. So they don't even come to classes. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. That's why so I do. It is something I have to kind of make. It is something that has to be, you know, I, I can't just see them because I bump into them at yoga. Like mm-hmm. I have, it has to be a. Do you think that's been a conscious effort. choice? Not an effort, but. Like to actually have friends that aren't uh-huh. in the yoga. Do you think, has that been a conscious choice to have friends that aren't in the yoga world? they were old friends so they were like friends from before yoga and they've they've always stayed as my sort of core group of friends and obviously I do have friends through yoga but I don't I've never kind of been part of almost like a little yoga I won't say the word clique but like (laughs) (laughs) I've never really yeah I don't I don't tend to like my mind this makes me sound horrible but I mean I don't, there's not a class that I go to and then it's like, right, then we all go for dinner or a drink mm-hmm. afterwards. Like I go to yoga to practice yoga yeah. and then I do my socializing. Yeah. They don't, they don't tend to, apart from obviously now we've got the studio and it's more, you know, we've got mm-hmm. Christmas parties or summer parties and that kind of stuff happens. But I'm, yeah. You're not part of a tribe. I'm not part of a tribe. Which I think, no. well, you've, you've created your own <laughs> tribe, though, haven't you? I've really yeah, yeah. I've got the kindred. Yeah. We talk about the kindred spirits. I suppose I'm part of Yeah, exactly. But I think that's so important, actually, <laughs> like in, in terms of yoga. Yoga people who, of course, have benefited from yoga. Like I'm sure yourself, you've found more balance and ability to cope with the world via yoga. Mm. But often these yoga people yeah. stick together. 
And actually, mm. I think it's what's needed is people that practice yoga in some way, interacting with other people mm. and demonstrating yeah, yeah, yeah. a way of being. Like not overtly, not saying you should wear mala beads as well or like, but actually yeah. demonstrating what can be what you can get from teaching mm. yoga with the real world. But also everyone's on their own unique journey and everyone's going to need different things at different points in their life, aren't they? Sometimes you're going to want that yoga community. Otherwise, you're going to want uh, other times you want to self isolate. Yeah, I hate being married to a yoga. It's not the plan at all. Uh, <laughs> Get out! <laughs> that was not the plan. Uh, question for you about saying no. You said before, you know, you kind of dropped some studios over the years. Like, how did you find that process of kind of letting some studios go or saying no to studios that wanted to have you but you didn't quite meet what you wanted? Um, I think... I mean, I think it's all been quite a kind of almost... It's a natural progression. I think there is almost like this path that you can see of the of studios and i think almost i mean it'll probably it's gonna i'm sure it happens it will happen to us at kindred but we're we're quite sort of local so it is more of a neighborhood situation but like one studio does kind of know that oh okay they were that they serve that purpose and then you kind of move on to the next one and so there was never there was never any awkward conversations or you know, it was, or, you know, bad vibes between any sort of studio owners or anything. Um, I think, yeah, I think it was, can't really, I mean, obviously there's, it's not even the money thing because even some of the great studios aren't paying, mm. you know, it doesn't go up in money, basically. Mm. Mm. But it was just a sort of, I guess that the reputation of places you were like, okay, well, I've been teaching this long now. So maybe now I need to get that studio. Then, then when I've got that, I can get rid of that one. And it was hard. And I remember, cause I used to teach quite a lot in East London, um, stopping teaching at some of the studios I was teaching in East London. And I was like, God, am I just going to be sort of South London now? Like, is that, and I was like, what does that mean about me as a teacher? Like, does that mean that I'm not like a, a London teacher now? I'm just this like South London person. And, you know, do I need to make sure I'm here because of retreats? Otherwise, I'm going to just saturate my market of people that I can offer retreats to. And I think that's what's been amazing, actually, about the online stuff is that so many old students have come. I've been able to teach mm. them like ones from East London that would, you know, maybe some would come on a weekend to Kindred or something. Um, and I don't just teach at Kindred now, but I definitely don't travel like half, you know, nowhere near as much as I used to travel. And it's great because that is what exhausted me mm. um the, the balance the travel, is, basically the, the balance is funny isn't it as you say between like some of the good studios don't pay the most amount of money and you get to a point no. where you're balancing okay as you say reputation if i teach there that gives me more kudos to the teacher but then yeah. fitting in the classes actually pay more i always sell it like, if you yeah. want to make a lot of money as a yoga teacher the best way to do it is privates and corporates the best way yeah, is not to teach in yoga and... studios mm. At all. God depends what you want, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it depends like what you want as a career. I think a lot of people when they go into yoga perhaps want to be a famous yoga teacher or like. And then over time realise there are so many different pathways to opening a studio, to building a community. Like I know teachers that have a very small community, but it gives them actually a relatively good pay. Mm. And it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and they don't have yeah, yeah, pressure. Yeah. I think when you teach in big studios, of course, it's constant pressure of are you meeting the standard? Are you meeting the standard? Mm. If you teach some of the same people every week 
for years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's less yeah, yeah yeah there's less of that would you say that your goal and purpose in yoga teaching has changed and evolved over the years um i don't think so i think at the beginning obviously i never thought i wanted to definitely have a studio i wanted to teach yoga um that much i knew and then it did i mean when i think about it if we opened in 2018 and we maybe started looking for the space end of end of 2016 i mean i guess i was only teaching for maybe nearly two years Mm. or and so that does when i hear that does sound like a tiny amount of time to then open a studio but as i said i've always kind of done things quite yeah you know (laughs) gung-ho um so i never yeah i think so i think the 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 next big thing that came into my head retreats was the first thing i was like i definitely want to do retreats always made sense to me i have uh, my mum's greek i had this family home in greece i was like that's that's definitely going to be a reality and so that i started planning before i'd even been teaching for a year and then i did it after i had been teaching for a year so i think retreats was the thing and then like you say it's like the where else are you going to make the money because can't continue just with the studios and so then it was something else and i wasn't feeling in a position where i wanted to have a teach training i didn't at all feel that i'd was ready for that and so i think the next thing the other thing was yeah a studio um and at the time as well it it kind of helped that jules was not loving where he was working and he was up for kind of going in on it together and there was three of us at the beginning a friend of mine called mim who used to do the catering on my retreats and um she was going to have a cafe so it's going to be like a a yoga studio and a cafe and we'd remember we were at a festival when we were pissed and we'd be like oh my god you're the yoga teacher i'm the foodie let's <laughs> let's open a studio with a cafe so that kind of always was what we were going to call it she oh no she had a name for a cafe it was like the portly otter it's like obviously mm. a silly thing on fat duck mm. and um we'd always said that so i think that was that maybe had been something i was manifesting quite early on and then when it all came to fruition and the reality of actually running two businesses rather than one, we, we realized it was going to be crazy. And then, then she decided she wanted to move to Brighton and she wanted to have a baby and the timings because everything was taking longer than we wanted just didn't work out. So we parted ways. We're still like great friends. Um, but we decided that me and Jules were like, oh, well, we're not going to do the cafe without Mim. So we'll just, you know, pair it back. And, and thank God we did because, yeah, it would have been two businesses. Um, so, yeah, we just did the studio so I think, yeah, I mean, to answer the question, <laughs> I yeah. think I think fairly early on, I was like, right, the studio was something I wanted. I think because I'd always, from the very beginning, had those two church classes that I did for three years, there was always something. And I, I saw from that, obviously, I was just charging at the beginning, eight pounds drop in, then I went up to 10. That, that was what was making my most money out of all of my classes, mm. out of everything really, mm-hmm. was just those two church classes. So I sort of saw that there there was a bit of money in it, in that side of things. And that, that's interesting yeah. when, when teachers talk about pay. There's a lot of debate going on at the moment about teachers should get paid this and that. And I'm like of the opinion that generally teachers shouldn't get paid that much. <laughs> <laughs> to a degree shouldn't shouldn't yeah so i think if you teach in a studio there's no risk you can just turn up and teach whoever's yeah. there uh whereas like, your time and yeah whereas if you want more money you can as you did rent a hall be willing to advertise and go to the farmer's market and then you can make as much money as you want from how much you charge for that uh but but there is risk mm-hmm. and there is a lot of work to be put in bought the bats off you adam didn't i oh yeah oh, oh you did yeah you guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> backstory but yeah, I my think... first set of mats <laughs> 
I and I think I think that's like a people don't want to see the full picture when they talk about teachers' pay. I just wonder what you as a studio, as as someone who's grafted as a teacher, and as now as a studio owner, like what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you ever get it was a, a real. Yeah, it was a real kind of something I wanted to try and really like pitch correctly, because obviously being a teacher, obviously I know I, I I knew that it's shit if you don't get paid. Mm-hmm. If, you, if the money's really really bad um but i also had to think about the business and i think we went in quite um i'd like to say quite competitively with what we pay with a lot of thought to the teachers but also real just to be realistic and maybe we actually went in i don't know i'm i i now you can't go back like yeah. once you've set the pay it's not like you can make it less mm-hmm. so now it's just like it is what it is we have to kind of make it work um god knows what happens if we end up having socially distanced yoga studios and like we can only have half the people in mm-hmm. here like then things might have to be reassessed but it was definitely something i spent a lot of time yeah trying to get right but i think you are right like then there needs to it, it you, it can't be the, any, the only thing because then there isn't really much else to motivate you. I've always thought about the classes being a great place to advertise the things that you want to, to do, the mm. retreats, the workshops, mm. the trainings. And that's the shop window for you and it's access to those people. And like you say, there's no pressure. You don't really have to promote it if you don't want to, like, you know, unless you're com- completely commission-based at a studio, which isn't, you know, that mm. there isn't really, I don't even know if that happens, just commission, but... Yeah, it is just, you can you know, you can turn up, do your job and leave. And, and that's security. Um, so, yeah, hmm. I mean, I'm being rather on the fence with that one. I don't need to be on the fence at all. But I genuinely think there's a lot of teachers that kind of do their training like three weeks in Goa, which is fine. But they've do, it's just three weeks and they've had some good time yeah. there as well. Coming back expecting like £50 an hour. And all, you know. Well, the thing all, is, my uh, sister's a PT and I think, she gets like 20 pounds and that's no. almost standard. Like, I'd, like it, I mean, not for private PT, but the place that she works at, like, you know, there's, and that's fine. And, and people are fine with that. They have, they have to pay for the for rent, for the floor uh, as well, don't they? Very, no, that's very as different. well, yeah. Oh, You've okay. got the gym rent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's reasonable. And I think, you know, to get 50 pound, what, what, what opportunity there is for growth? Like, you know, comparing a teacher that's qualified for a year to I guess teachers like you and I who've taught thousands of classes around the world, there needs to be somewhere to grow <laughs> and somewhere to evolve yeah, to. Yeah, of course, yeah. there has to be a cap on that to some degree, but you need to be able to go somewhere and be, and be able to yeah, earn more as course. you get more experience and as the quality of your offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, changes. And then you feel that reward actually, like you're like, oh, okay, I have earned my stripes a little bit now. I'm, and then you can do what I, you know, set was talking about about not maybe teaching as many classes even if it's you know an extra five quid that that over a week whatever makes the difference to being able to get rid of some classes and not having to spread yourself so thin Mm. what kind of advice when you do trainings now to new teachers what advice do you give them about kind of yoga industry and yoga career is there any kind of takeaways you really want them to listen to i just think that because i feel like there are so many um people doing teach trainings not that all of them want to go into it full-time or want to become teachers but I think don't kid yourself like you like you say it's not 
done your training and here we'll hand you a beautiful schedule of classes that are going to pay your rent blah 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 blah. you have to really believe that you what you're doing is actually good and that Mm -hmm. you're not kind of like and if you're and if you're not and if you don't feel that what you're doing is is the full the full sort of finished product continue to hone it continue to teach as much as you can but maybe not in studios wait until you feel really really ready and confident that what you're doing is something you're really proud of and obviously that you're enjoying it because there will be times when you're exhausted and you're doing those early classes and if you don't even enjoy it then what on earth like why would you do it um so i yeah and i think also i've never done the part-time thing I know a lot of people do do that. And so I don't, I, I sort of, when, when new teachers are doing part-time, I, I sort of say, you know, you might find it harder because you haven't got as much time to completely put your whole sort of heart and soul into it and all of the hours of the day and the week into it. So you might not see that you suddenly get these results straight away. Mm. And, you know, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, there's, there's no <laughs> shortcut, is there? And, you need to put the work in. And we in. talk about path, and actually, the path isn't for everyone. Like with any industry, you know, acting, whatever. Some people can either be like really good and competent at it, and yeah. have a natural ability for it. And sometimes we ignore that. I think in the yoga community, people sometimes think, "Well, this is the pathway I I, I should take. I've been teaching for yeah, this long. I, think... I should be doing this and getting paid this much." And yeah. some people are going to, going to be more popular and going to be just more competent Mm-mm. teachers. Like my teacher, my main teacher, Jason Grandal, I've never known anyone be able to convey complex ideas in such a succinct, effective, engaging way as him. He's such a That's, geek, isn't he? He's just in a, a good way. A, an entertaining geek. He just has this ability <laughs> and he hasn't learned that yeah. through yoga teaching. He just has it. And he's hilarious. No, exactly. <laughs> There's got to be something, yeah, some sort of natural talent, I guess, mixed in there. Um, I think also people might love practicing yoga and they think that might come hand in hand with teaching Mm. or people might be like, I'm very strong myself physically, but even if they can demonstrate that they still not, might not be able to teach that and and captivate people in their teaching as much as they can maybe captivate people whilst they're practicing. Mm. And so they don't all translate. And so there's a quite a few factors that have to kind of fit in place for the, for it to really, for it, yeah, for it to mm. work as a, as a career that's and be a, sustainable. That's a really good point. You yeah. can be amazing at the practice, but you can be a rubbish teacher. Yeah. Uh, li- little secret, little yeah, disclosure. The- my practice has got, not my, my practice, but my ability to do complex poses, not complex, impressive looking poses has got worse. Yeah. Significantly worse bye year bye. on year. Mm. Like I can't throw my leg behind my head easily but, anymore. But do you know what? I have to be honest. I used to think, oh, I feel like, you know, you teach so many classes, but you don't practice enough. But now I think you really apply your yoga off the mat though. It's not all about the asana, is it? You mm. you practice yoga yeah. and mindfulness and the way you approach things. And and, like for me, the asana is a vehicle. Yeah. It's a really fun, it's a, it's a vehicle of self-inquiry. Uh, and it, and yeah. for most people in the West, working with their body is a really good access point. Mm. Sitting and meditating for an hour probably isn't. Mm. Doing back to yoga probably isn't a great access point yeah. for most people in Camden. Maybe Camden, actually, maybe, yeah, maybe Camden would be. Is... But other areas, probably not. Uh, so I, I, I think, think the asanas are really... And of course, with asana, there's so many benefits as well. It's like you're getting a practice of yeah. self-inquiry and getting strong, and you have a new trick to show at your next house party. Not yeah, your endorphins <laughs> are getting released. I think also it's important as well not to just think that that one training that you do is the only training that you do. I feel like that's just the, you know, that is the minimum. Then, you know, I mean, I, I always, I feel like you're training all the time, Adam, with Jason as well. Um, 
it's doing more trainings and figuring out actually what other teachers can you learn more things from mm. and, and what is the vibe of what you want to be as a teacher. And you're not going to get that from just one teacher no. training. Mm. And if they're all coming out of these teacher trainings and they're all sort of just having that one same thing, I think, yeah, you need to find what your... And there's a, there's a fine balance there, isn't there? Like how you time those trainings. Because I see teachers that have taught for less than a year who call themselves, like, I'm a 1,555 <laughs> yeah, yeah. registered yoga teacher. And number one, that isn't a thing. Number two, <laughs> how many hours have you actually taught? Actually, and I think that's, that's that imbalance. Yes, continuing to advance yourself and doing trainings, but not yeah, rushing but, yeah, into it, right. actually practicing the art of teaching and just put mm -hmm. it, putting the graft in. Like, as with anything, we forget yeah. to practice actual teaching. And then when you yoga. feel ready to go to the next level, you're like, right, okay, I think everything, my toolbox is mm. polished and mm. sharpened and ready. Then, then you can start to And by that point, I guess you know, you know as well what you want to train in. Like as in after you've yeah. taught for a little while, you might think actually this is more the direction I want to travel in now. Mm. And you get yeah. a better idea of that through the, the, the teaching. Uh, how did you find the transition from you know, being an on-the-road teacher, you know, managing a bit of your own class to actually managing a yoga studio. Like, the lifestyle change. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was... A, there were, At the beginning, it was pretty crazy. I was thinking about this today because I was like, I caught up... I'm, I'm thinking about the studio and when it sort of first started. And I feel like almost... Because people... Now I'm thinking about having a baby. People often say, you know, once you've had it, you forget all of the you know how intense maybe the birth and things were and so you it, you're, it's a way your mind kind of makes you able to do it again like you you forget mm -hmm. it you forget anything that was traumatic if it ever was um and i feel like maybe that happened with the studio a little bit like <laughs> i don't regret any of it and i would do it all again but i can't remember but i know there were points where both me and jules were just like whoa what the mm. hell have we done this is like you know we're in the studio at 3 a.m. like painting like walls and, mm. like stuff's gone wrong and blah 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 um but it was yeah it was it was a, it was a, it was it was a bit a strange transition transition it was a, it was quite sort of as I said I was like oh god I'm not going to be teaching everywhere anymore I've just got to sort of focus on this but then it just became very very rewarding and much more personal and yeah something that we sort of had created and i think then once that sort of had established itself i then felt i then i did continue teaching elsewhere and maybe i was like right now the studio's sort of set up i'm ready to kind of maybe find some other classes and, and i think that's obviously now happened again with being pregnant i feel like then once the baby's out and i'm, I'm used to that maybe i'll be like right okay what's on the what's on the scene for the yoga classes so it's just these constant little like ups and downs peaks and troughs and transitions and mm. it keeps it it keeps it fresh do for you, sure do you feel that your i feel i know what the answer is going to be but do you feel your personal yoga practice has helped you to to navigate the ups and the downs and also what would you say that you your tools are for coming back to balance and tackling stress so 100% i would get like jittery if I hadn't sort of practiced. There was definitely phases where I just had to, I was like, I needed to go and practice. Like, and mm. so that was definitely um, something that I found a lot of solace in. And I think maybe when the studio was all sort of opening, I got really into running. And I think that was almost like a way of escaping, yeah. maybe not having to be in the studio as mm. well. Um, 
Jules still finds it quite hard to practice in the studio because he's like, I'm just looking around and seeing, oh my yeah. God, there's yeah. like a leak there or this there. Yeah. I can shut off and I love practicing in the studio. Like when we're open and when I wasn't pregnant, I would be practicing, you know, five times in the studio. Yeah. And with, 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 I, yeah, with your teachers? With which teachers? Like with your teachers. Do they hate it? Oh, yeah, with my teachers. Yeah, with my teachers. Um, Do they hate it when you're I in the class? I kind of had at the time sort of picked, you know, handpicked the teachers. I wanted them to be, you know, local so that I, I, people didn't have that feeling of having to travel loads. Mm. But I did sort of be like, well, who do I want to practice on a Monday? Who do I want to practice on a Tuesday? Like, <laughs> bit selfish pick it as, as well. much as I could. Um, but, and then, and then, so how do I find the balance? I think for me, I mean, very just basic stuff. Like, mm. I love going out and eating delicious food. Like, I love going to foreign countries and traveling, like, all the kind of standard things. And, you know, whenever I do a retreat, I will always try and have like another week at the other end. And mm. I'll, I'll think about where do I, what country do I want to go to? That's where I'll do the retreat or, yeah, things like mm. that. Um, I wouldn't be able to do it if I wasn't still able to do those things. Um, yeah, I definitely need to be able to sort of travel and yeah. <laughs> so as, as an extension of that, like what is wealth for you? Mm, I guess I don't have to have a certain amount in the bank, but I have to be able to know that if I needed to suddenly catch a flight somewhere, I could do that quite easily. I could make sure that whatever was happening back home was covered and I wasn't leaving things in a shit show and just the, yeah, just having flexibility to be able to, if it all gets too much, go and not go alone, like go with, obviously now it's going to be a family, go with mm. Jules and the baby somewhere and know that we have the means to get someone else to step in for us. And mm. I think that that's coming very sort of front of my mind at the moment. I think after all of this madness with the lockdown, and then having the baby, I, I, there's nothing more that I want to do than just go to Greece for the whole of July. Mm -hmm. And we haven't really got that in place. It's probably easier now than it would have been if the studio was open, open already. But we did start thinking, right, who can we train up? Who can manage the studio for us for a month? Like, and how much is that going to cost? And da, da 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 So I think knowing that we could always hand over to someone or having the finance to be able to do that is that. But also, yeah, the the you know. The usual things, just feeling like, mm. yeah. Do you think that happy and <laughs> wealth and success are interlinked, or would you have a different definition for success? Um, I I think they obviously they can be, but I don't think that they are mutually exclusive because. I wouldn't say that this studio has made us loads of money, but it's definitely been successful. Mm. Um, so we definitely feel that we've done a, ourselves proud and that it has been a success, but it hasn't yet made us, you know, mm. be able to move out of our one bed flat. <laughs> but as, as, but, an, as an outsider looking in, like it's been a real success. Yeah. Like I've seen obviously lots of studios around the world uh, lots in London and kind of see how they approach their social media and the like. And I'm, I'm kind of judgmental 
<laughs> no, you're not. And analytical. <laughs> and it seems like you, you create a really lovely, like, lovely thing. It's community. Is, like, yeah. the thing that really shines out with you is the community that you've built and how much your students just adore you guys and, yeah, and everything. That, that, that means a lot because that's what we, that's our main kind of message. I mean, we've got it printed on the window. <laughs> yeah. uh, it says, where yoga and community meet. So that's, that's the slogan. And that's yeah. kind of rare in London. <laughs> it is. Uh, a lot of that is the lack of space like you know if if yeah. you go to switzerland or sweden even i was in a studio there and they had like big dining room tables loads of seating space like a kitchen wow. that everyone is using and that's really common around europe that there is an actual space to create community and yeah. I think in london often yeah. there just isn't that and the average studio just has no chance and even as a teacher like, i mainly speak in terms of my students speak to like naked men generally speaking like, like I chat to most you teach naked men the most the most I speak to my students because of the nature of classes going in and out and that quick turnover is in the changing room oh I see which of oh, course I, I yeah, only yeah. speak see what there yeah I only speak mainly to my male about build community with my male mm-hmm. students yeah obviously the exceptions to that but that's, I think maybe yeah. this is really sexist but I feel like women are better at creating community than men I disagree. I, I don't. I can't speak for women changing rooms, but in, in male changing rooms, often there's conversation. Like there's lots of banter. There's lots of leveling. We're probably more inclined style. to go for a cup of tea after class yes. and like give hugs. Definitely, the female teachers here have a little have a posse of oh. girls that they go down to the high street and, and they go for the teacher oh, for that's tea lovely. and things. And I think yeah. people, even if, I think even if your classes are not that great, which I'm sure all of yours are amazing, but even if they're not that great, I think there's so much to be said about just the way you make people feel when they walk into the room and, you know, giving them that hug mm. and going, seeing the teachers go for a cup of tea. It's that that you want to be involved with. Yeah. Why are you laughing yeah. at? Yeah. Just, I just think what are you just, laughing at? Just different strategies. Like, I can't imagine any student ever saying to me, do you want to go for a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> don't ever ask Adam because he will outright say no I was just going to say next time Adam <laughs> so should we do don't do it <laughs> no, no thank you <laughs> <It'll be> <laughs> anyway we're going to do a little quick fire now so some like quicker questions okay. yeah, they don't need to be quick but they might be quick uh, quicker okay. so like the best investment you've made to your career that obviously except for except for training and like the, okay. well, and, and of course money spent on studio the best investment you've made for your career any amount of money? Um, oh, God. So not the studio, not the trainings. Oh, can it be like... The yoga mats from Adam Hustler. <laughs> God. <laughs> Do you know what? If we're talking, talking about money, that probably is there the we best go, financial investment I've made. I was... I'd, um, oh, yeah. Oh God! Yeah, let's go with the the mats. There the, you go. The, I think I got how many did I get? Eighteen yoga mats, sticky uh, mats, maybe. Yeah, they're good. but I, but, I, but they're, those little they things count. Like that little flyer that the council let you put up, that could have started yeah, it all. Actually, do you know what? That's probably another one. Yeah. Yeah, because that cost me about sixty quid, and then yeah, then it was mm. there for like two or three years. Do Great. you do you have um, like a mantra or a philosophy or a quote that you kind of live by or that you come back to every now and again to really kind of anchor Someone you? Someone asked me that recently. Oh, well, there you go. An um, answer prepared then. <laughs> yes, I do. No, and it, no, it's not really a mantra. It was just go with my gut. Yeah. That was just like, I. that's just what I do and what I mm. would try to recommend. Maybe. Yeah. Does, Jules, does Jules do the same? <laughs> No. Okay. No, he's all with his head and his heart. Oh. So you got a balance. You're your balance. Yeah, balance. Uh, next one for me would be: Is there anything? In fact, you don't need to tell me the source, but the worst advice you've been given. 
Or the, the advice you just say to someone, yeah, I ignored that and thank God I ignored that. Or I listened to it and, oh, that, that's shit. So what would the advice actually be? Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm already going to finish this and I'll be like, oh, that's what I should have said. <laughs> should have given you the questions first, shouldn't we? Ah. Well, if nothing comes up, just the best advice you would give to yeah, someone. I the best advice I would give to someone. Oh, gosh. Um, okay, yes, I do have one. So I, this is probably the, I think someone's given it to me and I will probably say it's good advice as well, is talking about things. And mm. it's a bit like what you were saying before, Adam, about like, if you don't do it, then the chances either it's going to not work or it will work. But if you just know if you do it, it'll either work or not work. But if you don't do it, you'll never know if it was going to work or if it worked. And I think that a bit of advice is talking about things. So you have these ideas and these dreams and you keep them in your head. And if you don't know who's going to be listening, who might know someone that could sort you out or give you all these answers. So I just think talking about things and communicating and, and, not sort of hiding all these like in the fear that someone might copy it or the fear that someone might you know because the chances are someone will be able to give you some amazing information or some advice about that thing or tell you how to make it happen quicker or better um so yeah i think it would always be talk about things don't don't like sort of just have these dreams locked up inside let mm. them actually sort of out there and hear what people's reactions mm. are to them i think everyone needs that in general don't they everyone just needs to talk more mm. in every sense in every yes. part of life yeah communication healing is healing yeah if, okay business relationships everything yeah oh yeah just get it out <laughs> last there. one last one holly far away i don't know why it just came up in my head i don't even know if you have a day off but if you had a day off what would be your perfect day off what would it involve? What would it look like? Okay, so it would be some sort of, maybe it would start with some sort of exercise or yoga or something, mm. but like relaxing and something that was like one-on-one -on -one and done for me. Then there would be some sort of massage, mm. um, a bath. Then oh. there would be some sort of epic brunch. <laughs> um and then depending on like if it was somewhere if i was somewhere hot there would be some sort of sunbathing mm. pool water sea situation <laughs> um then maybe a dinner at an amazing restaurant with some friends mm. and then Probably to bed. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I was like, she's going to say going out partying. But can, can I ask a little extension of that? Because you're super busy uh, and you have been for a long time. Is there anything or you would like to do more of? Like one thing for me is I would like to box more. Like do, mm -hmm. I do boxing. I, I, yeah. I, I don't ever anymore, but I would love to do that a Case. little bit more. Okay, yeah. So I used to play the flute to quite a high standard. Oh, wow. And we were sorting out our cellar um, to just make space for baby stuff. And my flute came up and I kept it in my room. I've had it in my room for like the last sort of uh, maybe six weeks of this lockdown. And um, I took it out. I tried to play it and it needs repairing and I can't play it. And then it's basically just gone back down in the cellar again. And I was like, oh, God, like I was so close to mm. restarting it. So I've said to myself, as soon as like the music shops open again, I'm going to get it repaired. And I just want to be able to play this tune that I used to, this song I used to play or this piece I used to play oh. really, really well. And I just want to be able to do that again because... 
it's a, it was like years and years of learning to play the flute and then just to not I mean I still could just about remember the keys but there was you know that you're like how how has that mm. gone from my head um, it would come back so, so yeah. quick, won't yeah. it? Right, next time you're on the I podcast, so. you're no, going to play. I want that in class, in Shavasana. You just dance <laughs> yes. around. I'll just whack like out baby, the baby in hand. Where does dancing hey. come into it? Yeah, <laughs> just imagine like, like a pixie dancing around everyone while they're lying on their back. <laughs> and uh, on, that note, on that note, should we call it? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. so Hang on, much. where can we find Kat as well? Oh, oh, thank oh, yeah, you all of those things. Uh, all yeah. the things you would like people to know about. Like Instagram, websites, stuff. Um, so my Instagram is Katerina Rayburn Yoga. My website is also Katerina Rayburn Yoga. My studio or our studio is kindredyogalife.com and that's the same on Instagram. Um, yeah. Perfect. Thanks, Kat. Awesome. Honestly, I'm balanced.